Yeah, wide receiver recruiting in 2023 has been kind of meh. But 2024, that might be the Miami Hurricanes year. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. So... We talk about wide receiver recruiting. Uh, there are some huge names out there in the class of 2024. A couple players we've been talking about this week from Shamanad Madonna. Uh, now, Jeremiah Smith is a five-star who's verbally committed to Ohio State. JoJo Trader, another five-star, keeps racking up crystal ball predictions to Miami. There seems to be some momentum here. Uh, we talked earlier in the week about Wilt Fong from 24-7, putting in a fong ball for JoJo Trader to Miami. And more recently, Chad Simmons from On3 has put in what they call it On3. Their version of the crystal ball is the expert prediction. He put one in for JoJo Trader. This definitely piques my interest. And let's bring in a colleague of mine who does an awesome job at allhurricanes.com and all over Fan Nation, Brian Smith. Now, Brian, uh, we were talking a little bit off air uh, as we're going to do on air about JoJo Trader. And like, it's great to see Miami is getting some momentum. Um, and it's it's great to obviously see Miami pursuing some of the best wide receivers in the class of 2024. At the same time, in the same <sighs> paragraph where Chad Simmons talks about putting in a prediction for Miami, he also says he doesn't expect JoJo to actually commit anywhere until maybe national signing day of this year so we're talking 10 months 10 months is a long way to the finish line man yeah i don't really worry about what a kid does in january yeah and i, I know chad well i know steve well i get what they're doing and, and the kid may want to stay home he's from miami but he goes across to broward to go to school at chaminade I spoke with him this past weekend, as did Steve, as did Chad, et cetera, at the Battle Miami tournament. Him and the entire South Florida Express team were going down to Miami on Saturday night to take visits. And that's great. Um, I've heard Miami before this past weekend for him. That would be awesome. Uh, he can play corner. He can play receiver. He, he could pretty much play any skill spot. His ability to stop and start is tremendous. That's why he has all the offers that he does. Everybody's known about him forever. But I wouldn't get excited regardless of crystal ball for or against Miami right now. He's a kid that will take multiple visits. I, I guarantee it. Um, I know Miami fans don't want to hear that, but this is not going to be a quick recruitment. Right. This, if, Even if he committed tomorrow, wouldn't change anything. He's going to take visits. It's just one of those deals. South Florida kids do not make early decisions and not take visits. Why would he be any different? So uh, good kid, quiet kid goes about his business and makes people look bad on the gridiron for those kind of guys. <laughs> it's, it's just true. Like he, he makes people look bad. Sometimes those kind of guys, you have to work a little harder for usually, especially South Florida kids. Crystal ball knows that 
So his staff is going to have to stick with it and just keep going after him. But they're doing really well so far, and that is the positive news. Now, you, you know uh, JoJo Trader better than I do as far as interacting with him personally because an, another angle in his recruitment that I wonder about is – exactly how tight is he with Jeremiah Smith, like his friend and teammate from Chaminade, because Smith, he's a verbal commit to Ohio State. And I hear buzz like on both sides, like with Ohio State having Jeremiah Smith as a verbal commit, they would like to use that to also lure Trader to OSU. Then at the same time on Miami's side, they would like to get in with Trader and then try to flip Jeremiah Smith. And obviously Miami's going to try to do that until the very end like do, do you think the two of them could end up being a package deal somewhere it's not out of the question um i i know jeremiah a little better than jojo and when i spoke to him at the tournament got some photos and stuff of him i asked him i said you know i know you two are best friends you're totally different personalities though are you trying to go to the same school and i just open-endedly and he was kind of like, well, you know, it'd be great. I'd like him to. But he goes, everybody has to make the decision that's best for them. Yeah. And that was one of the more mature answers I've heard to any question I've asked in the last year. Seriously. For anybody that's been around Jeremiah Smith, extremely articulate, well thought out. He, he's a kid that is very mature. Um, he's going to recruit, in my opinion, JoJo to Ohio State. And, and maybe JoJo tries to recruit him to Miami, whatever. I personally think Jeremiah is going to stick with Ohio State. I really do. But like I said with JoJo, it's January. And of course, Cristobal's going to recruit him. Stranger things have happened. And who knows how many coaching changes will take place. There's a million things can happen. So Miami just has to stay the course, recruit every day. That's as simple as it gets. And they're recruiting both players extremely hard. Do you feel like when it comes to recruiting wide receivers especially – is Miami in limbo right now, given the Josh Gaddis situation? Because it's it's the worst kept secret that he's more than likely on the way out, which not only means your offensive coordinator position is unsettled, wide receiver coach, which is another duty that Gaddis has, is also unsettled, not to mention quarterback coach is unsettled at the moment. So, like, you know, as far as trying to recruit right now in January, and I'm not even saying I necessarily blame Miami for this because I think there's more going on behind the scenes with what Mario's trying to do at offensive coordinator than meets the eye. But at the moment, you basically have a lot of questions that are hard to answer because if a recruit wants to know, if you're a wide receiver recruit, who's my wide receiver coach going to be? It's kind of hard to give them an answer right now. That's the whole point, and, and it's also d directly related to my last response. There's 10 months. Within that, Miami's going to gain and lose coaches, and so Ohio State. The campuses and all that don't change, though. That's what Miami has to do right now. Hey, Miami's close. We're a very good academic institution, all this tradition, et cetera. You can't pitch. I mean, there's there's no nice way to say this. Even if there were good coaches in place, what Ohio State has done at receiver recently, nobody could even remotely touch. I mean, it's just – it's insane because they've done it for so many years. I mean, LSU had a brief stint. Alabama, et cetera. But this is ridiculous what Ohio State's done. And they're pitching it to kids. It's work. I mean, if if you're a kid right now that's open-minded, which one are you going to pick? I mean, it, I, and then you add on the point you made. So until Miami gets a new, co new coach, you know, quarterback, that's going to be a big deal because they want to know who the quarterback recruit's going to be. That is pivotal. And then you also have the situation, like you said, Gaddis – 
I mean, how, how could you jump on board with that? So I don't expect him back. I highly doubt you do or anybody else, but they haven't done it, which leads me to believe that whoever they want, and I have no clue who that might be, is either still coaching or it's going through the background check and all that. They try to do these things as quick as possible because it's so negative when you hire a coach. Yeah. There's no good way to do it. So Cristobal and his staff, you know, if they stick with him, good luck in recruiting. I'm going to say that because <laughs> – there's no buzz whatsoever in favor of Gat. There's just not. There's none. Um, but maybe they they have something going on behind the scenes, and that's how college football works. It always has. They try. They they will lie to their teeth all day long that they're thinking about making a switch. But you and I have been around this long enough to know we know better. <laughs> so if they can get a coach that's an up and coming guy, again close to home, tradition. Miami recruits it hard. I like I like their chances. Just need to wait a couple months to kind of see what's going to happen. Yeah, we have so much more to discuss here on Locked on Canes with Brian Smith, including an awesome question we got from one of our listeners about the Josh Gaddis dynamic. And I want to take a stab and answer the question the best we possibly can. And we've got to talk about Jaheim Singletary because uh, I, I know that uh, a lot of folks have some doubts. Uh, we do believe that he is trending towards the Miami Hurricanes. So we want to talk about the Georgia transfer defensive back, the former five-star. So keep it locked right here to Locked On Canes. We are so happy to have FanDuel as part of the Locked On family. Guys, FanDuel is the top sports book in America. The NFL playoffs are going on. We're so excited about our new sports betting partner for the Locked On Network, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better, okay? Because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, if you join today, you can get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Guys, we gave out a lock yesterday, and it, I kicked my feet up by halftime. We were good. Miami minus three against Florida State. That's the easiest money you ever made if you took our advice yesterday on that college hoops game. FanDuel, uh, you can even combine your bets for a chance for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay, which is great. So I look at the NFL slate this weekend. You got the Eagles minus two and a half hosting San Francisco uh, in the NFC AFC championship game. You've got the Bengals who are road favorites minus one and a half at the Kansas city chiefs plus one and a half. The Bengals have had the chiefs numbers. We'll break more of uh, those down during the week. So guys, it's all on an app fan duel that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans do not miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and they're now with us here on the Locked On Network. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So, uh, you know, ever since he became available in the transfer portal, and especially ever since he whose name shall no longer be spoken uh, decided to flip to Colorado, uh, Hurricanes fans have been very hopeful to get some good news on Jaheim Singletary. Now, I don't want to act like Terry Roberts is chopped liver because Miami did get a, a transfer commitment from Terry Roberts from Iowa, one year of eligibility. I think he's an excellent player who can help Miami this year. But Jaheim Singletary has three years of eligibility left. He's a former five-star recruit. Do you like Miami's chances here, Brian? And, you know, he's a, he's a former Florida guy, Jacksonville 
high school uh, area. What can you tell the folks about Jaheim Singletary? He's a very special talent because of his length. Six foot two, 180 pounds, give or take. And he's added some weight since he went up to University of Georgia for a year. They've got a great strength program. And he's just the kind of guy that you can put on an island. Look, certain positions you can coach and make a difference, like O-line, you know, they work together and stuff. Corner, man, either you've got the ability or you don't, and especially when it comes to man coverage, Jaheim can do that. And he's also a kid, very, very intelligent. If you want to run complicated schemes, post-snap changes with your looks and stuff, he's a kid that can pick it up, very articulate. I think he's going to be an impact player no matter where he goes. I'm hearing Miami is the team to beat there. We'll see what happens. But, again, if you put him out there and you got Williams and Kitchens in the back, that's that's three NFL players in your secondary. That's a pretty that's a pretty good start. I know they lost Tyreek to the NFL draft, but, I mean, you're going to lose guys to the draft pretty much every year if you're Miami out of your secondary. It's, that's been the case forever. So this would be a huge addition. And then you got the freshmen like Damari coming in, et cetera, I think Miami's secondary is going to be a little better than people think, especially if they get Singletary. Yeah, no no doubt about that. And, and hopefully we get some good news on Singletary this week. I'm also uh, monitoring. I, I don't feel great about this despite the timing, but Miami is getting a visit uh, yesterday into today from Taishim Johnson, who's a transfer safety. He could also play the star position here out right. of Ole Miss. So uh, he started his visit yesterday, but I, I don't know. I keep hearing, Brian, that it's going to be hard to beat Oregon for Taishin. He did visit Oregon last week. Uh, now, I think, if anything, the reason why I've been somewhat optimistic about Miami is I believe Oregon's deadline to enroll for the spring semester has already passed, whereas Miami's got a deadline of today. So the fact that Taishin Johnson was on campus yesterday and today I'm sure that part of their pitch was oh hey by the way if you brought enough clothes with you to stay down here for a while why don't we enroll you and you can be part of spring football and all that where he's already missed the deadline to do that at Oregon so uh, I don't know this is one where maybe by the time some of you hear this episode and see this we've either gotten already bad news or good news on Taishim but that is one uh, that I'm, I'm monitoring throughout the day but I, I want to move on to some questions here Brian because we got some awesome questions on Twitter. And, folks, I want to remind you that uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. And if you tweet us, we might read some of your tweets on the show. So um, he, here's a really interesting question from Thanos, who uh, seems to be a, a guy who turns up in our Q&As a lot because he asks good questions. Thanos says, hey, for your next Q&A, which is now, congratulations, why can't Mario just strip Gaddis of his OC title and hire a quarterback coach OC? Now, I, I wonder about the possibility, Brian, like if, if, if Gaddis can't find another job and if for whatever reason Miami just doesn't want to pay his buyout or feel like they can't pay his buyout because they also had to pay Michigan 500 k to buy him out from there, and now you want to buy him out from – it's a very expensive proposition – um, now, the dynamic would be messy. I'm not saying it's impossible because I've heard this thrown around, but you keep Gaddis on the staff under contract. You, you probably keep OC in his title, but you bring in like a co-OC, maybe take OC, maybe take the, uh, the play calling duties away from him, do something like that. Uh, it's far from an ideal situation, but I don't know if I could completely rule something like that out. It wouldn't be the first time it's happened somewhere. Yeah. I mean, 
the problem here, just like with anybody else, how many people are going to accept that? Right. And your point about the buyout is also the elephant in the room. Look, nobody wants to spend extra money on somebody that didn't do a good job for them. That's the way the world of college football coaching works, though. To get rid of somebody, you got to pay. And that contract is there. That might be why he's not real worried about it. You know, he, he'd rather them fire him because he gets the money. He might have something lined up anyway. That, you know, it, that's that's just the way it is. So I don't know if they can do that. I don't know how close he is with Cristobal. But I, I think that's really the only way that he could stay. That's a, by the way, that whoever asked that great question, great question, because Miami, can you really go into next season with Gaddis as the play caller? No, I, I mean, that's just, you know, following the program, I, watching some of the play calls last year, I'm not any expert, but some of them, I'm just sitting there looking at it. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, it, it, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't like to criticize coaches with play calling. I know it's hard, but some. I mean, after a while, man, it was it was brutal. It was hard to watch. If he doesn't get stripped, I think he's got to go. Yeah. That's just my opinion. But if they bring in somebody, they better bring in somebody that can really do it. Because Miami fans and, and you know all the people that follow the U, they deserve better than what they saw last year. I know that. <laughs> so maybe it's a run game coordinator. I don't know. There's a million ways you can do that. And, and it also needs to be somebody that recruits much better than Gaddis, too. That's yeah. throwing in there as well. That's very important. I, I, I think you said it all right there. Uh, that was a great answer. Um, I, I'd love to pick your brain on this one as well. We get a question on Twitter from Swag Team who says, I'm concerned about our backup quarterback, Jakari Brown. Still young and probably won't be a real threat till 2024. Uh, he also adds in, we still don't have an outside receiver. Uh, Young, being Jacoby Young, showed flashes, but is he really the one? Uh, we got five-star offensive tackles, but would you want to start him at, at right tackle? We got, wow, this is a loaded question. Let me start with the quarterback thing. Um, sure. Now, here's interesting thing, because I, I feel like people overreacted a little bit to Jake Garcia leaving. Uh, now, he is, he is a body, and Miami went through a lot of bodies at quarterback last year, but let's not forget, at a time when both Garcia and Jakari Brown were both healthy. Miami opted multiple times to start Brown over Garcia. So let's not pretend Garcia was a Heisman candidate who left. Okay. So it's like, I, I have just when you're playing the numbers game, Brian, because we saw Miami use three scholarship quarterbacks last year. I'd like to have more than three scholarship quarterbacks on the roster this year, especially when one of them is a true freshman. So I'd like to have a fourth guy. But if you're asking me if I think Jakari Brown can be a reliable backup, I just go by Brian because I watched him in spring last year. And then I watched him throughout the fall when he got chances to play. He still has a lot of work to do when it comes to his passing. But the progress that I saw him make as a passer from spring to the fall, if he can keep up that trajectory of improvement, honestly, um, I, I'm going to give Jakari Brown an opportunity to get through another spring and another fall, and he might end up being a, a much more reliable backup than he was last year. So I'm not sleeping on how much Jakari Brown can improve between now and the season. I think that he's the main guy behind Van Dyke. Yeah. Even if Garcia was there, because again, facts are facts. Which player did they go with? It wasn't Garcia. So does Brown have a long way to go? Yeah, quarterback plays hard. That's not any newsflash. But his arm strength, his mobility, 
his passion for the game, and the players seem to really enjoy playing with him. Look, they need any help they can get offensively after last year when they ranked 97th in scoring or something like that. I know 19 brutal. points per game is the stat that I'll never forget. That That's disgusting. 19 a game. In, in 2020, like 19 points per game in like 1941 would have been a great stat, but not, not now. Yeah, we're past World War II here, so you're right. <laughs> it's just it, – it's amazing how low they were. And I, I don't know what Miami's going to be like this next year on offense. They got – Offensive lines being revamped. They got, you know, a couple of key transfers, Lee, Cohen, et cetera. They should be better, but I don't care what offense you run. It starts at quarterback. And, and the biggest thing, whether fans want to hear it or not, Van Dyke needs to be healthy. They need to, need to have at least a couple of options. He's coming back. If Brown can compete with him or they can use him in sets, goal line, do different things with it, whatever, they're in good shape. I still think they should try to bring in a veteran I know I've talked about this before, somebody from the portal, even if it's not a guy, you know, it doesn't have to be somebody that's in a Heisman race that can help and tutor Brown from the passing perspective. Reading defenses is not friendly. It is a long, long process to get to average, let alone good. So he needs to have somebody around. And I'm sure Cristobal and his staff have talked about that. But again, do they do that after coaching? I mean, you want your quarterback coach, to feel comfortable with the training. It's, it's an awkward thing. It really starts with the coaching. That needs to happen sooner than later for Miami, and I hope that it does. I hope so, too. You know what we have to talk about when we come back? We got to give some love to the Hoops team. I don't give nearly enough love to Kane's Hoops here on the show, but coming off an ass-kicking that they put on Florida State last night, uh, I mean, that, that, was, that was like a, oh, yeah. a, a – crime was committed up in Tallahassee yesterday they destroyed them we've got to give some love to coach L and Miami's 20th ranked hoops team right after this Brian Smith from allhurricanes.com and fan nation is with us here on locked on canes thank you so much for making locked on canes your first listen today make sure for your second listen you check out my dudes Isaac Shade and Andy Patton on Locked On College Basketball. Appropriate since we're about to talk some hoops. Locked On College Basketball is the newest show on the Locked On College Network. They take you through all the biggest games. They talk to the best experts, players, and coaches daily. YouTube, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your pods, check out Locked On College Basketball. Now, Brian Smith, you are you are a native of the state of Indiana, correct? Which yes. means basketball is in your DNA. Like you, you eat, sleep, yes. you breathe basketball. I mean, yes. Indiana, it's basketball central. So I'm watching Miami's hoops team last night. Congratulations to Miami. Nigel Pack uh, and Isaiah Wong, 18 points apiece. Miami had five starters, all five starters in double figures, everyone over 12 points. The job that Jim Laranega is doing, Brian, uh, you know, I will admit a couple of years ago, and I think a lot of it had to do with that, you know, that, FBI nonsense, the the scandal that I thought was overblown that cost Miami scholarships that had hurt Miami in recruiting. But up until a couple of years ago, it was starting to look like maybe Coach L was losing his fastball. Boy, is he back, and boy, is Miami dominating. Talk about what you saw last night from that 86-63 to 63 win over the Knolls. Two things. Number one was no fear. From the opening tip – they punched Florida State square in the nose. Yeah. Um, I know I put out a tweet on all hurricanes talking about at halftime, every player that had attempted a shot but one was 50% or above, and the player that didn't was for one. 
everybody else was 50% or above. And at one point, Miami was six out of eight from behind the arc. So just from a shooting perspective, it was a clinic. You got to you know tip your cap there. Two, it was a very well-run system. That, that goes to Coach Wernick. He's tremendous. He's very underrated. I believe the Miami Twitter basketball handle put that he's up to like 105 wins or something like that all time in the ACC. He's a top 10 or 15 guy, something like that, all time in the Atlantic Coast Conference. That tells you something. The dude can coach. And if they continue to pass the basketball around like that with their shooters, Wong and Pack in particular, I mean, they're good. Miller, uh, look, this team can make a lot of noise come tournament time. And then at the other end of the court, they rebounded well. They dominated the Knowles, who ironically are always one of the biggest teams in college basketball. They destroyed them on the boards like 40 to 23 or something. That's right. 40 this team just does a little bit of everything. They're very, very difficult to guard, and defensively they get after it. They're a lot of fun to watch. If you're a Miami fan in any way, shape, or form, you need to check out the Canes basketball team. I think they'll end up with a two or three seed in the NCAA tournament, and you've got a chance. If you got a seed that high, yeah, man, you, you've got a chance. You, you can go the whole way. So this is a great basketball team to watch. Yeah, you know, last season they were uh, a bit of a Cinderella who was able to to get all the way to the Elite Eight. Now I think the expectation is going to be more in line with that. Did, does that make it tougher, you think, come tournament time? When Because last year they were the hunter. This year the secret's out. There's two ways to look at that. I mean, if, if you take it lightly, I mean, the NCAA tournament is the ultimate we got you moment. I mean, histor- yeah. it's unbelievable how many teams that are – Two seed, I forget who it was. On number one seed, finally got beat a few years ago. I mean, like in the first game, it's just is it Virginia, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's just like you you cannot take a day off with that three point line. Unlike football, that's the one thing that can really negate a talent gap. And if you play around, Miami included, you can get smoked. Last night's a great point. I forget. Three for 22 or three for 23, something like that. Florida State shot from behind the arc. You're not beating a JV high school team doing that. I mean, they look, they just couldn't throw it in the ocean. And that was their home gym. If Miami has a night like that in the first or second round of the tournament, sure, they can lose. But that's why I like Wong. That's why I like Pack. Uh, they got the big guy in the middle. They're so balanced. And then Jordan Miller, nobody talks about that guy. Yeah. He had that big dunk. And it kind of like accentuated, hey, we're here to play. They were a physical team last night, too. This team can do anything that it wants if it's focused and play with any team in the country. What this past weekend, what was they lost by two at Duke? There's not a more difficult arena in all of college hoops than going into Cameron. And they, they could have won that game, too. This is a team that is primed to make a deep run in March. Well said. And and that that hurting that they put on Florida State, Florida State had not lost at home by 23 or more points since 2012. So it's been 11 years since they suffered a loss that bad on their home floor. So fantastic stuff here, guys. Uh, Make sure you subscribe. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button, hit subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version, if you can do us a solid, make sure you subscribe to our channel, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods, make sure you subscribe. And if you leave us a five-star review, we like to shout you guys out on the show. Uh, we got a new five-star review over the last day from Dolphan8178 on Apple Podcasts. He says, 
Uh, love the Canes content every day. I can always count on Locked on Canes to keep me up to date with the latest on my Canes. Thank you so much, Dolphan8178. So if anyone else wants to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, we read those whenever we get them. Brian Smith, who does an awesome job, allhurricanes.com and Fan Nation. Thank you so much, sir, for the info, for the perspective, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, sir. You do the same. Fantastic. So everyone, make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball. Make them your second listen after making us your first. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.